Do that show thing, do that show thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Show them how to do it now. This is 8-Bit, episode 91, Unicornitis, on Sunday, October 19th, 2014, and now with the King of Quirky. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. So, when doing physical activities for the first time after, you know, sitting on your butt for weeks on end, it's the most terrible thing in the world, turns out. So what were you doing? Were you shaking your shell thing, or...? No, no, I, um, I was just playing badminton. Like, you know, that's probably the most softcore sport you could think of, you know, for, like... Softcore sport. I don't think that's quite the right descriptor that you want there. Why not? I mean, it's the opposite of hardcore, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you but know, like, knowledge, never mind. It, it takes, so, that, like, when you play badminton, you're probably not going to be playing against anybody who, like, you know, plays it, you know, like, not professionally, but, you know, as, like, as, as a really, really competitive thing. You know, it's just a fun thing. Yeah. And, yeah, so, so they organized a badminton tournament for us exchange students. And, oh my god, it was like four hours of badminton playing, of, like, not all the entire time, you know, it was it was five-minute games, and then you had, you know, usually, like, two rests in between. So you'd think I'd be able to handle it, but now that I'm back at my apartment, like, doing just normal daily things, I hurt so much. <laughs> you know, reaching out to the door handle to, like, turn it. It's like, ow, oh, my arm, what have I done? You know? <laughs> You're turning into me. Oh god! Fat yet? <laughs> I feel hey, like I'm, hey, I'm hey. pulling my muscles by like cooking my dinner. That shouldn't happen. Well, then, then maybe you won't get so fat mm. if it hurts to cook. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'll just wither away slowly over time. You fat? Not finishing that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll just call me a, a fat lazy. How's that? Sure. Yeah. So, what did you do this week? What did I do this week? Oh, golly. What did I do this week? I hear that there's a, a game that came out that you've been playing a bit of. Not as much of it as I'd like, actually. Hmm, sounds it's familiar. Really hard to get four people together at one time. That works for everyone. Sounds just like the launch of Borderlands 2. Oh, right. Except we're, <laughs> we're going to stream later tonight. Oh, so nice. Then, I'm waiting to see or hear back from my roommate to see what time that we're going to start that up. But I'll let you know if you want to watch. Sash will be awake for it. Yeah, because I've I've decided that I'm going to actually start getting up at reasonable times again, as opposed to waking up at like 10:30 and then staying in bed just like reading stuff or playing mm-hmm. games on my phone until like noon. Because <laughs> that was a thing for the last couple of days, <laughs> not Sounds having good. class on Friday and then and then you know just Saturday. I mean, I, I we have our fall break right now, so mm. I have Monday and Tuesday off. Nice, yeah. So does Actually, so does U of M Morris. <laughs> oh, quick question. But I mean, it was it was kind of fun because um, Qui Gon from camp came and visited. Oh, nice. And so I led him on a tour around Gustavus. Little personal tour that was fun. Is he a senior in high school? Yeah. Or okay, youngin. Youngin. And he's going to come back um, and do an overnight with me. 
Now, were you shirtless when you were giving him the tour? No, because his mom was there. Oh, darn. What, you don't want to impress her? I've already got one that I... I mean, she's right behind me right now, so i got to watch what I say. (laughs) Well, in that case, maybe we should just talk about video games, because that's a pretty safe subject. Usually. Yeah, so, for uh, you listeners who are not currently on the website, go to thenexus.tv slash eb91 to see all of these wonderful headlines that we're about to give to you orally. Wow. We do everything orally. That really slipped out there. I did not mean to say that. (laughs) Okay. Spelled A-U-R-A-L-L-Y. We are going to be doing it with our sense of hearing. Yes, clearly. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Um, So, Assassin's Creed Rogue. That that was the you know one of one of the Assassin's Creed games that's coming out this year that was going to just be for the last generation consoles and you know was not announced for PC or anything. But most of us were pretty sure that it was going to make its way to PC eventually, and that has been confirmed as of the latest trailer. It won't be coming at launch, you know, with the other consoles. It'll be coming sometime in early 2015. But there you go. I have two Assassin's Creed games that I get to play early next year. <laughs> I mean, I just need to, you know, start playing them more. Yeah. Got to the first one, now I'm on to the second. Now, they're making it harder and harder for you to catch up. Because, you know, not only are they adding more, but they're adding, like, two a year now, which is crazy. Just give I, me winter break. I don't know if they'll be continuing that trend next year, but, you know. Give me winter break. It won't take that long. Though I may be busy with Dragon Age... And or Far Cry at that time, I suppose. I would not be surprised, because those are both probably very good games that take a long time to play through. Mm-hmm. Especially if I want to do it properly. Yeah. One does not simply go to the end of an open-world RPG. No. The end is only the beginning. <laughs> From there, you have all the collectibles. And all the achievements. And all the achievements. Actually, I don't even do that. I just do all the side quests and call it good. Speaking of achievements, dude, holy cow. One of those mornings that I mentioned where I was just sitting in my bed, I played a bunch of duet and went through and got, like, almost all of the achievements for completing chapters without dying at all. I was kind of amazed with myself. Like, those were really hard. Nice. You should, uh, there's there's a game where it's all about getting achievements. Excuse me. What's it called? Golly, let me look it up on Congregate. Okay. It's a little Flash game. Oh. Well, if it's not Steam Achievements, then I mean, I don't care. Or It's still Achievements. I guess it's Google Play Achievements as well that I care about now. Achievement Unlocked. That's a very appropriate title. It's a fun game. You play as a little elephant and then go bouncing around here and there and get all the achievements. Some of them are really easy. Some of them not so much. I believe I've beaten both. There's two of them, by the way. <laughs> In the meantime... So, I mean, I haven't really played much in the way of Flash games since I was younger and didn't really have any computer that could play anything big. And you know what else that I played a lot when I couldn't play anything big? Um, Little Big Planet. Nope, that's actually a big game. Yep. I don't know, What could it be? RuneScape. RuneScape. And so, believe it or not, Jagex, the guys that make RuneScape, are actually coming out with a TCG 
sort of like Hearthstone. So it's the it's the it's the RuneScape Hearthstone. It's it's been announced. I don't think that they've necessarily said uh, sometime in 2015, apparently. So I'm assuming that this is a standalone game. Like you don't yes. play this game in RuneScape, but I don't think so. But it is RuneScape themed. It is RuneScape so, themed. Yes. Yeah. I I also love the way that they sensationalized this news by giving it that particular headline of Jagex announces the you know a collective or what what was the title? It was like. Jagex announces the Chronicle RuneScape Legends, a collectible card game due next year. Okay, so it wasn't as sensational as I thought. <laughs> but no. like when you when you just say say RuneScape is making Hearthstone, like <laughs> RuneScape is making their own Hearthstone. Yeah. Yeah. So I got some more unfortunate Gamergate news this weekend. Uh, Brianna uh. Wu, the head of development at Giant Space Cat, had to flee from her home in the face of death and rape threats. Lovely. And also, Anita Sarkeesian was scheduled to make a talk at Utah State University, but had to cancel it when a threat was made of, for a mass shooting, and the university, you know, is still going to allow people with, like, conceal and carry permits to bring their guns in. Oh, golly. Yeah. I think Gamergate is very quickly becoming the Westboro Baptist Church of the gaming world. Yeah, I'm really, really ashamed that one of the early perpetrators of this whole thing was Adam Baldwin, the guy who played Jane in Firefly. Actually? Yeah, like, no lie. Ugh. Oh, I mean, so the character of Jane was not that far out of his personality. I, than it I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not, e- I'm not even going to try to defend him. It's no. awful. <laughs> That's just... Uh, that makes me like Firefly less. Well, I mean, Joss Whedon is a, is a pretty big supporter of feminism, so I think we can still like it. Yeah, no. I never said that I disliked it. I'm just saying that I like it less. Mm. It's a relative term, not an absolute. No. Because I am not a there, there is binary liking here. You either like it or you hate it. I mean, that might be how my brain usually works, but not in this case. In some cases, it's both. <laughs> you love it and you hate it. Oh, that's definitely true. So does that mean I, I'm, I'm omni, omni-brained? Maybe it means that you are a quantum computer. Full disclosure here, I know basically nothing about quantum computing. <laughs> if I did, I'd correct you, but oh well. All right. So, oh yeah... So speaking of other things that are kind of annoying, don't you absolutely love it when people take a system um, that's implemented in the game and then just abuse and, and abuse and abuse the hell out of it? Depends on if it's a multiplayer game or not. Like League of Legends. Hmm. Well, that would be heavily multiplayer. In that case, yes. Yes. Um, so you love that, right? I. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> well, Rito, or sorry, Riot, is of the exact same mindset of you, um, and they are changing their refer-a-friend refer system. So refer-a-friend system um, is a system where if you refer friends or have friends that refer you and then their account gets to level 10, then you are able to um, get some rewards. And it's usually some very particular skins um, as well as a bunch of RP, which is their in-game currency that you can usually buy with actual money. Oh, no, never mind. They're doing it with IP now. So wait, so was that the way that the system was before? 
that's that's the way that the system has has always been. Okay. I'm um, trying what, to imagine how you can abuse that. Uh, account selling and botting. But none of the things that you get there are game-changing elements. You know what I mean? If it's just skins... Uh, skins and IP. You can use a lot of IP to purchase more champions as well as purchase more runes, oh, which okay. gives you an advantage in-game. Okay, so it's not RP. It's, it's IP? It's IP, yes. Okay. And, it, and it's always been IP? It, it, I think it's always been IP. Okay. Um, or there's a point where it... No, it was RP. It was RP, originally. Hmm. Um, but so, they are changing so how are they changing it? Now, every friend you refer who reaches level 10, um, you get 1,000 IP. So that's the other in-game currency. Um, as well as they've lowered the amount of friends that you have to refer in order to get the skin rewards. Um, okay. Like, there was... Um, initially it was, I believe, 25 and 50 referrals to get the skins, which is a lot of people. If you yeah, think about it. that is. And so they've changed it so that it's only 3 and 5 now, hmm. which is closer to what the actual number of people who refer people is. Okay. Um, so they are they they got rid of the ridiculously high high caps for those, as well as they also decided to make it so that you didn't earn in-game currency. Right, right. And you're right, skins aren't necessarily game-changing, but it's still an abuse of the system when they give away um, uh, stuff that earns you currency that can only be earned through real-life... Right. ...or through real-world money sort yeah. of stuff. So So speaking of real-world money, <clears throat> Valve has, you know, a lot, a lot of in-game items, you know, and DLCs and stuff in their games that you can buy with real money. And they just came out with a really, really unique one for Counter-Strike Global Offensive, music packs. So what these do is they replace the music that you hear, you know, in the main menu, at the round start, at the round end, you know, when the bomb is planted, when you die, etc., etc., etc. And new to, to these uh, music packs is there's now an MVP anthem that everybody will hear in the match when you are the MVP. Hmm. So it's kind of, it's it's another way for you to like you know personalize your Counter Strike experience. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, oh yeah. So this one's kind of interesting. So we're gonna break the meta here, and we're gonna have an announcement about an announcement. All right. So the opening cinematic for The Witcher Three um, is going to be revealed in four days from now. So on. Sorry, four days and 20 hours. So I believe that'll be, what, the 5th, 25th? Something like that. No, well, the 24th, because that's okay. essentially five days, yeah. Yeah, so the 24th of October, um, the game's opening cinematic will be revealed for everyone to go and see on their website. Okay. So I don't know, just some hype for hype, which is kind of interesting. I mean, it's for a well-known and well-done game series, so I figured, why not? So, speaking of intro cinematics, speaking I'm, br- I'm breaking the uh, the you know show notes here by moving things around. Okay, that's fine. Oh, because it just makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I suppose. Speaking of opening cinematics, Civilization Beyond Earth has released its opening cinematic. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of long. Um, for this, for you know, us to watch, but you know, it, it shows your expected 
you know, rockets launching off from Earth, the twilight of our civilization, you know, hopeful, dramatic music as everybody wakes up and sees the new planet, etc., etc. Yeah. So, Humble, they've been doing, you know, a really great job of shaking up the gaming world by offering DRM-free games on all of the available platforms, you know, at a pay-for-what-you-want price, you know, etc., etc., and now they're going even more multi-platform. So the latest bundle offers all of its games playable through the browser. So, you know, this is, like, the game is essentially, I I don't know exactly how they do it, but, you know, it's wrapped in JavaScript and using WebGL to render everything. So, you know, you're not, like, you're not streaming the game over in your browser. You know, it actually downloads the entire game and stores it in your cache, and then, you know, you play it locally on on your device. And... I think for this one, most of the games are, you know, fairly low-key in terms of, you know, performance requirements. Like, uh, I, I was playing Super Hexagon, Super Hexagon on my Chromebook, and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I was using the music to know when to push buttons more than looking at the screen, because every once in a while the screen would stutter. It was hilarious. Ooh. Ooh. Just, I went onto the store... The weekly bundle right now includes uh, the two of the Penny Arcade, or the, the, no, episodes one and two of the Penny Arcade Adventures on the Rain Stick Precipice of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness. And those books bundles, I've absolutely fallen in love with the books bundles. Yeah, did you see that the latest one is uh, Star, Wars Star Wars comics? Yep. All Star Wars comics, holy cow. With more coming soon. Yeah, unfortunately, they never happened. Hmm. Screw you, Star Wars Legends. In our hearts. I mean, it's still presented by Dark Horse. So, Dark Horse, Dark Horse, Dark Horse, he's on. Man, it's been a while since I've heard you sing that. <laughs> you should just start singing more often. That's what the show needs, is more singing, Ian. More singing. More singing. Alright, however, in the meantime, actually something that can a lot of people are probably singing about, the League of Legends World Championships happened this past weekend with um, Samsung Galaxy White, uh, the Korean team, or one of the Korean teams, one of the many Korean teams, winning, and they took home a prize of $1 million. Yes, $1 million. Let's see, Worlds has been happening for a while now. Let me see when the... Well, yeah, because Caleb kept talking about it over summer, you know, when we were at camp. And, you know, he he would take every opportunity whenever we were at home to catch up on all of the games that he missed, you know. Well, those were for the qualifiers. Yeah, yeah. And now that you're in, on the world stage, it officially started September 18th, and so it was a full month long (laughs) thing. Unfortunately, it wasn't any of the teams that I was really... Rooting for. I wanted either C9, Cloud9 Gaming, or um, I believe it was TSM. Yeah, um, to win because both of those are North American teams, and I always root root, root for the home team. So. <laughs> well, didn't didn't Worlds happen in Korea? I believe so. I believe that was in South Korea. So they would be the home team then, the Samsung teams. Just saying. So, Kerbal Space Program, finally entering its beta stage. I totally didn't realize that it wasn't already in its beta stage, but apparently, you know, now they, the game has the, you know, minimum feature set that the developers wanted in their original design. Uh, and so, 
now, you know, going forward, they'll start kind of polishing things up and adding more, like, you know, wish list features, things that, you know, they they definitely want to have in the game but weren't absolutely necessary for the game to be confi- considered, you know, feature complete. Um, I think it's, it's, it's always really funny hearing about one of these really popular games that has been in development for a while but has been available to everybody for a while, you know, and, and you know, you've seen tons and tons and tons of videos of people doing awesome things in it, and, oh, look, now it's in beta. And it's like, you know, what, what does that even mean anymore if, if everybody's been having a really good time with this game and acting like it's a finished game? But, uh, you know, it's, it's still kind of in progress. It means it's only going to get better, right? Hopefully. Especially with those, you know, polish things that they're talking about. I like polishing. How long has it been in alpha? I'm not... We've been talking about it for at least a year now, I think. Yeah. I'm going to look this up really quick. And I, I believe one of the things that they were talking about, you know, that they're going to be doing going forward is uh, making the aerodynamics more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. Which seems rather important in a, in a space exploration game. Um, the first public version was released on June 24, 2011. Yeah. And is currently sold on their online KSP store since March 20, 2013 through Steam's Early Access program. Okay. So yeah, that's probably when when we started seeing a lot, a lot of people playing the game was when it, you know, went on Steam. Yeah. Probably. Pasta brew? Probably brew? All right. Well, oh, jeez. So there's speedrunning, and then there's speedrunning three games at once. Oh, it sounds super simple. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this guy played Super Mario 64, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and GoldenEye 007 in 51 minutes. How? I, you know, I watched him do the entire thing, and I don't understand it either. You know? Wow. <laughs> he didn't use any cheats or anything. He just kind of used a few, you know, known, like, glitches and stuff like that to get through levels as quickly as possible. And, you know, d- didn't do anything extraneous, just, you know, just beating the games, getting to the end, uh, you know, of each of the games. Um, That's ridiculous. The one that I could understand the best was Do- Goldeneye because, you know... He, you know, I, I could see how he was, you know, just going through the levels, shooting only the guards that he absolutely need, needed to shoot to get through it quickly, you know, and ignoring everybody else because their aim was terrible. <laughs> he was, he was <laughs> usually not in any danger of dying as long as he just kept running towards his objective. Um, wow. But like the other ones, I mean, you know, Legend of Zelda, it's an RPG. It should not be beatable in an hour. It's not an RPG. It's, yeah, isn't it? Nope. What is it? Legend of Zelda has never been an RPG. It's always been... I guess a platformer would be the best thing that you would call it. Platformer adventure. Um, it... Uh, I don't really know the best way to describe it. You go through... You don't level up, really, but you do get stronger each time you beat a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they, but they always through. have things like, you know, you can't enter this particular area until you've got, you know, an item from this area, and then you, you know... Then you can go through it, and you know, and it, so like it's it's designed to just take a long time to finish. Yes, that's true. It's not an RPG, but yes, 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 yes. Um. So yeah, the, it, it was, that was insane. It's kind of ridiculous. Now we've all been waiting for Half Life Three for what seven years now? Uh, that's how long it's been since uh, Half Life Two Episode Two. 
and you know, still not a word from uh, from Valve. And of course, the community has been attempting to get Valve to you know say something to us, anything at all. Uh, my favorite event was you know the one where a bunch of us played Half-Life 2 for a day and you know brought it up to the 11th most played game for that day on Steam. That was pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and now a couple of interns at an advertising company have come up with a plan involving buying an AdWords campaign so that whenever people you know search for Valve-related things. Uh, they'll get an ad that says, uh, we want Half-Life 3. They want to rent a mobile billboard to drive around Valve's headquarters for an entire day, you know, that says, we want Half-Life 3 on it. They want to hire a bunch of Gabe Newell lookalikes and send them over to the Valve headquarters just to see what'll happen. Oh, <laughs> and they'll be they'll be uh, wearing t-shirts that say, we want Half-Life 3. <laughs> and then if they make their entire like $150,000 or whatever they're asking for, they're going to have a Half-Life themed concert in Seattle. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't think that this is necessary and I don't think that this is like, you know, a positive way to go about telling Valve that we want Half-Life 3 when Valve clearly yeah. already knows that we want Half-Life 3. Like there's there's <laughs> no way that they have forgotten that everybody is waiting for that. And this isn't going to make them do it faster. Well, how long of a gap was there between Half-Life 2? And Episode 1? Um, mm. Probably only two years? Maybe, because, uh, let's see, Half-Life 2 came out in 2004, and then Half-Life 2 Episode 2 came out in 2007. So that's only a three-year difference, which means, yeah, so the, the episodes were actually coming out fairly quickly in terms of your usual video game development time. I mean, I no doubt about it. Like where, however you look at it, seven years is a long time. Yeah, I mean it was four years for the first one, but or sorry, five years. Yes, yeah. Maybe but it goes up exponentially. But they didn't leave you on a cliffhanger at the end of. Well, they kind of did, but not really at the end of Half Life One. You know, like nobody was expecting Half Life Two until they actually announced it. Mm. And now Half Life Two Episode Two. Yeah. So. Republic is, or if if we're pronouncing it like the French do, I suppose it would be Republic, uh, is probably the most ambitious mobile game that's happening right now. It's a it's a five episode stealth game that has been getting really really good reviews, uh, and the third episode is about to come out. I, I believe it's at the end of this month, and the series is finally coming to Android, so I will actually be able to get my hands on it, and uh, and that's you know coming with all three of the you know episodes that will be out by that time, and hopefully going forward, you know, the um, the episodes will be coming out concurrently on both iOS and Android, so I'm happy about that. Nice. This is one that I've been, you know, looking for for a while. <laughs> so, yeah. A dream is a wish your heart makes. It's the only thing that I can think of is your dreams are coming true. <laughs> All right, we're going to turn this into the singing show eventually. That, so. If that's your dream... <laughs> All the song references. Well, what happens? Thank God we don't make any money off that. Or thank God we don't make any money off of this show. Otherwise, we'd have so many copyright issues. I, I think you're allowed to sing whatever song you want and not have it be a copyright issue because you know you're not you're not broadcasting the copyrighted version. You're just singing it. I suppose. We'll have to look that up sometime. I don't know. All right. So as the creators of Surgeon Simulator, 20, Surgeon Simulator 2013 can tell you, some of the best game ideas come from game jams. Their latest idea is a game where you play as a slice of bread attempting to get toasted. 
controls look a bit like Octodad. It is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I... I can't decide if I would want to uh, play this more than Surgeon Simulator. <laughs> or not. Incredibly silly. Yeah. Now, also an incredibly silly looking game, Sunset Overdrive. It's coming out soon, and you know, currently reviewers have their hands on it. And uh, there's an in-game television station that, when you know, once the game is is released, it'll have new content from Insomniac all the time. You know, they'll be releasing new videos and stuff. And currently, uh, the the in-game television broadcast is specifically targeted at reviewers. Like, they're talking... The, the guy there... My favorite thing that he says is, uh, you know, you guys... Um, you know, um, I'm not trying to, to tell you, you know, how to review the game, because obviously you have your opinions and those are valid. But don't use the phrase sunset overhype, because that's just lazy writing. <laughs> Sorry, I was just noticing something weird on my foot, where it's hurting, and if I press down on it, it's numb. That can't be good. Sounds like you're dying. Yep. You're probably yeah, going to die. I'm go- probably going to die. It's unfortunate. It's been nice knowing you. This game looks so silly. Oh. And of course, you're you're talking about uh, the the bread game, the toast game. Yeah, the bread game. <laughs> looks like it can you can wonderfully break yourself. Oh, you just went in the toilet. Yeah. Oddly enough, his edibility rating did not go down at all for going in a toilet. Weird. So. According to that game, if you stick a piece of bread in a toilet, you can still eat it just fine. No problem. Gross. You can so get we... massive chunks of deliciousness. Do you yeah. want to talk about uh, some classics? Some classics. Ooh, I do like me some classics. Oh, yeah. So then these classics. Yeah. <laughs> Tank. It's always nice, you know, getting uh, good presents from ourselves a week ago. Good subjects to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, Mass Effects 1 and 2. We reviewed number three on this show, I think, when uh, when it came out. But, of course, Mass Effect 1 and 2 came out well before we started, so we've never actually uh, told you guys exactly what we think of them. Um, a lot of So there are a lot of polarizing differences between Mass Effect 1 and the other two. In particular, you know, the, like, the combat is way different. The, I believe it, I think it's even running in a completely different engine. Might be. And, I mean, I don't believe I could get it up to full resolution on this screen, or you had to dig a little extra in order to do that, which was silly. Actually, it was it was there. It was very, very simple. It's just that the user interface was not clear that you could go down farther on the list. Ah. That's what it was. You know, like, so it was there in the settings. It's just it, a lot of people didn't realize that there was more to the list. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. So, oh. yeah. Um, I mean, golly, this is, aside from, like, Half-Life, this was the series that really got me started on on PC gaming, you know? And what a series it is. Mm. Like, because ev- everybody has their own Commander Shepard. You know, you talk to you talk to everybody, and your experiences are going to be wildly different. And I think this is the first game that I ever played that was really, you know, that, that took that player choice to heart in that way. Yeah. And I mean... Probably the most captivating story of just about any game that I've played. And... Yeah, it in my mind it really rivals like Star Wars in in my rankings of great science fiction space operas. <laughs> I suppose it is sort of an opera, isn't it? Yeah, 
I mean, if they describe if they describe uh, Star Wars as a space opera, I think we have to describe Mass Effect as one. It Very it cool. takes a lot of inspirations, and actually, you can yeah. easily see how Knights of the Old Republic kind of you know became it in Bioware's creative process became Mass Effect, you know, essentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some of some of the best writing, some of the best storytelling in gaming, the Mass Effect series. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they unlike. Unlike the the changes from like Dragon Age Origins to Dragon Age Two, you know the the combat the combat changes that they made to in Mass Effect were actually good ones. You know, I th- I think almost everybody prefers the combat in Mass Effect Two and Three to the combat in Mass Effect One. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, the the biggest difference was that um, in Mass Effect One, your your weapon would was using an overheating system instead of a clip system. Yes. And yeah, so that's that's like the most obvious uh, difference right away. But like you know, they they completely revamped stuff like you know the cover system. Now you can you know vault over the you know low cover that you're in. Um, yeah. I think it became the the squad system. You know, it was definitely more refined, um, and it was it was much much clearer what kinds of abilities you could use against, and you know what kinds of ammo types you could use against different types of you know armor and shielding and biotics and stuff like that. Um, and you know, whereas in in Mass Effect One, it wasn't like in text it told you, but it it didn't really make it clear visually in yeah. the game. Um, so a lot of clarity updates. Yeah. <laughs> also, sniping was actually doable in Mass Effect Two and Three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. But yeah, definitely cannot recommend this series enough. And mm. if you're going to, so if you're going to buy it and play it at this point. Uh, obviously, if you're on one of the consoles, that's you know a fairly easy proposition. They both have the you know the trilogy uh, available. But mm-hmm. if you're going to play it on PC, I'm going to actually say you should buy it on Origin because all three of them you know come together in in the trilogy there. Um, and unlike the the you know versions that are on Steam or anywhere else, the DLC system does not suck on Origin. <laughs> That was one of the the big things that I hated, absolutely hated about playing Mass Effect 2. Was the 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 entire first time, maybe even the second time that I played through Mass Effect 2, I did not realize that there were DLCs for this game at all. There were DLCs for that game? Yes. If you were if you wanted to buy them on PC and you did not, well, and at Origin didn't exist at the time, you had to go to BioWare's social site. Did you know that that existed? Because I, I didn't before I, I found out about it. Uh, you know, I found out about it. Oh, that, that's kind of obvious. I didn't right. know that existed until I found out about it. I realized how stupid it was, right, as I said it. Um, but, like, I, I think there was, like, a single blurb in, like, the main menu or whatever that said something about one of the DLCs. And I was like, oh, wait, what is that? And so I had to go and find it. But, yeah, you so you register an account and everything. And if you want to to use that in the game... You had better use the same email address, otherwise you are screwed. You know, <laughs> so you go to the, go to their social site. You have to buy these DLCs with Bioware points, which are basically the same as those old Microsoft points, which were awful. Then you you know download some executable files from them, which install the DLCs. But if you have the game on Steam. Steam will not recognize those as part of the game. So if you ever run into like a, a situation where you have to, you know, have have Steam verify the integrity of the game files, 
it will detect those, get rid of them, and, you know, put the game back to its default uh, existence. And you will no longer have the DLCs, and you'll have to re-download them. It was a travesty. That just seems ridiculous. But, but, if you get it through uh, Origin, they're all just there in the Origin store. And you can just buy them, and, you know, they're, they're installed and everything. No, no problem. No, nice. Nothing to worry about, yeah. Um, <laughs> also, also, I believe that uh, they actually have, you know, like, um, save game syncing on the Origin versions of the game. Whereas, you know, it's not available for any other platform. Yeah. Which is because which is a very good thing because if you if you you know suddenly change computers in the middle of the series that's uh you know a terrible terrible thing because those are like save game files that actually matter the next game that you play because yes. it will import all of the choices that you made earlier in the series and you know because otherwise otherwise like that that game would it would be an entirely different series without save game files that you know follow you from game to game yes. Um, and of course, you know, it uh, is a big enough part of my life that your mom made me a helmet hat <laughs> for Christmas last uh, last winter. Yep. I've been wearing it around actually because it's uh, it's been snowing. <laughs> we actually have there's there is a 12 and a half foot tall snowman outside of of my apartment building. A bunch Picture of people. Didn't happen. I, it's on Google Plus. I already posted a pic. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh yeah, Fine. so they they spent like two hours this afternoon building that thing, and I came back from badminton, uh, turned the corner, you know, around this little building, and was just like, "Holy crap! Like, what is that?" And everybody's just standing around this gigantic snowman, glorious. Jeez, that is a tall snowman. He makes you look short. Yeah, I mean, he's twice as tall as me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Jeez. We'll put you on top of my head, and then we can pat his head. How did they get the snow up there? So littered around the yard were, were like, chairs and um, pallets and stuff. I'm not sure where all this stuff came from, but, uh, you know, they had been... I, I don't know, actually. I don't know exactly how they got up there, but they did it. Apparently last uh, last year, the students made this giant igloo, and so now... There, you know, and there's like a, a YouTube video of the building process for that. So we've decided that we need to one up them. We're gonna make a, you know, a bigger one. Keep adding rooms to it and stuff throughout the uh, throughout the winter. It's gonna be awesome. Nice. But while I wasn't walking around out in the winter wonderland that is Luleo, I've been playing some video games. Yay. That I can uh, that I can review us for us today. So Yay. first one, Assassin's Creed Pirates on uh, on mobile. It was. A pretty sound idea, you know. Um, Ubisoft noticed that, uh, you know, everybody loved the, the naval combat in Assassin's Creed 3, so what did they do with Assassin's Creed 4? Well, they made it into, a, you know, a Pirates game with some, you know, Assassin's Creed stuff still stuck in. And then uh, they figured, hey, well, uh, let's take that one step further and let's make a game on mobile that's, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed 4 minus any of the parts where you're actually controlling a person. So pretty much it's what? just you it's just you controlling a ship the entire time. Oh. Quite honestly, the most awesome parts of Assassin's Creed 4, right? Uh I wouldn't know yet. Well, right. Um so yeah. you know the the I only thing that I really missed from Assassin's Creed 4 was like, you know, there wasn't any uh boarding of ships, you know. Uh so I I you know, you can't climb around in the rigging and you know go and uh, assassinate people from above stuff like that. But uh they, you know, they have all of all of the other activities like uh, you know fishing, like 
you know, going and uh, hunting down, you know, ships for, for gold, um, you know, stuff, you know, hunting down uh, naval ships just because you want a challenge. And, like, and they even have a few other activities, like, uh, you know, they have their, their new, the, the version of assassination contracts in that game are, you know, you trying to weave past some guard ships to a ship that you need to destroy. And, uh, you know, they also have, like, races, and it was all well and good. Like, you know, everything about the game was technically, like, pretty Act. much... Per, yeah, it's, it's, it's a technically perfect game. There's, there's really nothing that I can just, you know, point to and go, this, this was bad, you know. Uh, you know, the graphics were beautiful. I was actually quite amazed at, um, at the fidelity that they were able to smash into this, this mobile game and not have my phone overheat and destroy itself. But, like, you know, and the, and the controls worked and everything. You know, I never got frustrated by that. But the activities were just not really fun. Huh. Like I just I you know I I didn't care about any of it. You know they they tried to entice me into playing the game more often by you know having like collectibles and stuff by by having daily rewards. Um, you know new new like kind of objectives every day. And they even went so far as to like send me notifications if I hadn't played yet today, saying, "Hey, hey, come back and play this game." Uh, I quickly turned off that setting. <laughs> that was obnoxious and un- unacceptable. But like, you know, like a- after after the first couple of days, I was like, you know, every single one of these battles against all of these ships, like, is just the same thing over and over again. You know, I'm dodging shots and then I'm shooting back and then I'm, you know, interrupting their attack and then I'm shooting back. And they're, you know, I'm not saying that there wasn't challenge to it, but I didn't, you know, I didn't care. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah, after after a few days, I just stopped playing and uninstalled it, which was really nice because it is a one gigabyte game. <laughs> On a phone? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I will let that sink in for a moment, you know? Like, I have a 32 gigabyte phone. In reality, it has, you know, 28 gigs or so of usable storage. That is a huge amount of my storage. Yeah. Holy poop nuggets. (laughs) Holy poop nuggets, Batman. (laughs) So yeah, I would say probably not really worth it, even though... Oh, by the way, it's a free game, but of course they have in-game, you know, uh, an in-game currency that you can buy more of, and their their gold packs range from a dollar to a (laughs) hundred dollars. Like... They are not joking around here. They want your money. <laughs> you know, there there were a lot of like, you know, the extra ships that I could buy and stuff, but they required more money and everything, and it would take me forever to get that much money just by playing the game. So, you know, it, I would have required additional pylons. <laughs> yes, additional pylons that cost moolah. Yeah, yeah, not, no, not doing it. Now, things, additional things that don't require moolah. Are free DLCs like the yeah. ones from Actodad that uh, came out this week? From Actodad? Acto, Acto, yeah. Actodad. Is, is he? Maybe he's made of ectoplasm. <laughs> Actodad. Will he slime you? And then, yeah, and then instead of uh, instead of the the sushi chef chasing you, it'll be the Ghostbusters. It'll be perfect. <laughs> we just we just found something perfect. We should Nobody we should call him up from now. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, these so these two shorts, uh, they're you know they're they're essentially short stories, right? Um, ba- one level long each, and uh, I actually enjoyed them a lot more than I enjoyed the core game because really? the like so the core game was 
it had you know lots and lots and lots of levels, so it had a lot more opportunities to get me frustrated. You know, especially if I was trying to play through most of the game in one sitting. You know, there there were some levels where I had to like climb up ladders or like you know climb on top of boxes and stuff. And I think that they learned their lesson there. A lot of people complain about those because those don't show up at all in the shorts. <laughs> um, and I don't know, they they seemed a lot more you know quirky and just kind of cute and fun-filled than uh, than the core game, which is, like, weird to say because it's Octodad, you know? So Octodad was already <laughs> cute and weird and quirky. Um, King but of quirky. The, so the first one is uh, the um, Octodad and his wife's first date back before they were married. And, they, you know, they go to a restaurant and... Uh, Octodad, after they sit down and he has to go to the to the bathroom to like wash up, he gets mistaken for one of the employees at the at the uh, the restaurant. So they're they're making Octodad go and like serve tables and help the chef in the in the kitchen and stuff. It was hilarious. And my favorite my favorite was the moment when they go, "Okay, new guy, let's see how your table clearing uh, game is." And I just was like, "Yes." Yes, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that very easily. <laughs> so I just, you know, went over, grabbed onto the table, and kind of flung it around a little bit, and everything just blew off. And they were like, oh, "He's a natural!" Everybody, take notes. That was the best table clearing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then the second one, the second short was um, a like, it was Octodad's children were making up a story about their dad. So it was completely nonsensical, even in the context of the game world. <laughs> you know, so like they started off with, oh, you know, he—it's it, about dad, and he's in a in a wrestling ring, and suddenly you're in a wrestling ring, and then you know, then they're like, oh, no, 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 dad, dad got mad at us last time that we, you know, told a like a violent story, so they they made it be in a, in a hospital instead, and he was a nurse, and he had to go and help the patients, and then one of the patients had unicornitis, and she, you know, developed a, a pink. Uh, uh, horn on her forehead, you know. <laughs> so was this written by Christopher Hastings? It very well might be. It was it was really cute. <laughs> and hilarious. Sounds like a Dr. McNinja sort of thing. Yeah. Like with lumberjackitis. Oh yes. Oh yes. Maybe they drew inspiration from him. Maybe the children read his webcomic. I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, if you I ooh. So when I when I first reviewed Octodad, I said, you know, that uh it was really enough to just play the original like demo version and and not buy the you know the full game and now i'm kind of rethinking that because the sh- the shorts were really good and i've heard that they've uh kind of redone the the core uh um what do you call it campaign to not have some of the more frustrating elements how and long does that, it take to play it's uh it's not too long. It's probably like four, five, six hours. So I should go and download Somewhere it after I'm done with the podcast. Maybe you should. For the sake of silliness. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. All right. Can you think of anything else? Not really. I mean, that's uh, that's what I've been doing this week. I also... I. After I uninstalled the one gigabyte game, I was like, well, you know, I can actually afford to go and download a, another larger-than-average game. So I went and downloaded uh, Badland, which um, it's it's a lot of fun. I'll probably review it next week because I, I bet you I'll be playing a lot more of it this week as well. <laughs> Good. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm hoping anyway to play 
or as I said, I'm going to be streaming some more Borderlands, um, the pre-sequel tonight, so I should get a little bit farther in that game, and if we still keep on going at a snail's pace, then I'll start my own single-player campaign with a different character. Which is not nearly as fun. No, not nearly. Well, what can you do when you gotta do a review? Well, you could get other people to do the review for you, like we're doing with uh, Shadow of Mordor. I guess? But why would I do that when I'm already playing the game? Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Well, things for you all to think and mull about. Uh, but until next time, I'm Ian Decker. And I'm Ian Buck. Signing off. I feel like it's not been that long since I was last on an episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a really good episode, I think. You know? Mm-hmm. Nice and concise. So yeah. we did a Nexus special about the, uh, well, Nexus is hmm. an Android lollipop. Yes, this Nexus 6 is huge. Oh, wait, this is a Nexus 7. <laughs> wow, my mistake. This is almost as good as when we're, you know, trying to troubleshoot our own website during the show. <laughs> yeah. How do my how does my menu work? <laughs> uh there okay. were two Okay, so the uh the semifinals were down to two Chinese teams and two Korean teams. The two Korean teams were actually sister teams. There was Samsung White and Samsung Blue. <laughs> but was it Lunar White or Midnight Blue? <laughs> <laughs> Samsung Galaxy one. Samsung Galaxy two. He doesn't understand. What? I'm confused. Oh, my life is complete. The Nexus Six has the most ridiculous coloring name ever. It's not in white and black anymore. It's in. I mean, I'm glad at least this week your title doesn't have anything to do with balls because for like three weeks in a row. The title was very one-tracked. Done. On episode 91, have you heard us talk about balls? (laughs) 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 And now, popcorn sport. Or maybe, and now developed a pink horn? I love how this is, that's so meta that that's going to be the French title. Okay. So in Andrew Bailey's comment there on that 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 uh that that picture post. Wait, mm-hmm. so what are my options? What is he referring to? If you haven't listened to episode 100 yet, you really should. Wait, so what are my options? Yet nobody ever responded to him <laughs> like, at all. I still don't get it. <laughs> I want him to write that in uh, to his feedback for this episode. (laughs) What the hell did he even mean?